Adrian Blaze trying to get some retribution from that earlier altercation involving these four men. Easy to attack them from behind once they've had this match. That Aaron super kick from Nick that caught Blade on the jaw was just dominoed into Butcher and Blade. I don't think the uh, inadvertent defense will, will get the jury's verdict, Your Honor. What is this? Another, another truck pulling up to Daly's place. Hey, wait a minute. Oh my God. Wait just a minute. Dex Harwood and Cash Wheeler. FTR. What are they doing here? Well, I think they can't fight. <laughs> but who? They have had a war of words with the Young Bucks for years. No! Butcher and Blade finding that FTR are bad dudes. Yeah, we are. Harwood and Wheeler came here to play big time ball here in AEW. I don't think they care whose ass they whip. Big time shot takes out Butcher and now Blade getting set up. Teamwork. Dangerous team. Oh, FTR with a spike pile driver on Blade. And now the attention turns back to work. We think it was originally intended. We have seen, if you've been watching, being the elite, you have seen the letters FTR. All oh, right, watch out. Butcher wanted some more, and he got some. Butcher and Blade have been decimated by FTR, and now, a standoff here between two great tag teams. FTR and the Young Bucks, in the eyes of many, including mine, a dream tag team scenario. But FTR making an entrance and making their presence felt. What's going on? Um, I'm going to try to do a more lighthearted one um, amid, in the midst of all this fucking uh, chaos that's going on. And as we keep going on more and more, there's more information coming out, apparently. Now, again, I don't know if this is true, okay? Because there's people that are contradicting this, and there's people that are swearing that this is happening, so... Again, right now, just keep it under the conspiracy thing. We don't know for a fact. Anything that I've said on my podcast, I don't know for a fucking fact. But um, apparently there's a DC blackout. Uh, one of the last videos that was seen was the right the White House turning dark and putting on a red light. And now fucking people are claiming there's... Um, a cell phone jamming going on and they're blocking internet connection but I have no fucking idea if that's true or not it's getting really fucking scary um I don't know what the what it is I don't know again like I'm again this this podcast is probably not going to be that fucking long because I just want to talk about some wrestling shit for you know the time being just to get my mind off of what's fucking happening right but I don't, I don't know. I had to fucking talk about this for a minute. Um, I don't know how I'm going to transition into it, you know. Um, 
But, like, you know, it's it's funny that, you know, people will say one protester makes the whole protest seem, you know, discredited. And I wish they would use that logic on people. It's a common meme going around, and I probably think that that's the talking point for third parties, essentially. But that, you know, if that's true, then wouldn't uh, one bad cop take the credibility away from the police if that makes fucking sense? I don't know. Uh, You know. But I don't know where Trump is at. You know, I don't know. I I feel like even the anonymous shit was also a, a little fucking, a little fucking, a little fucking weird... They show up with the fucking protest now. That could lead to more monitoring on fucking... On on social media. And it's not no coincidence. Trump has been kind of tweeting since his... You know, again, like, these things are being strategic. But I'm going to try and move on um, um, just to keep my mind off it. Just to get off the other thoughts that I had in my fuck fucked up head that don't that seem meaningless right now. So if if you're looking for a podcast right now, that's just gonna talk about like some wrestling shit and some random fucking pop culture shit, you know, uh, this one might be for you a little bit with my convoluted thoughts. But I I don't know how else to fucking you know move on. I wanna I wanna move on and just um talk but there's just too much craziness going on and as each minute passes by there just seems to be more and more of an influx of information just coming in different variations are fucking happening i i hope that people in dc are you know um uh, i hope people in dc are safe from um from what's going on um, you know what I mean? Apparently, those rumors that uh, the, the the cops may have killed, like, five people. I don't know that for sure. It's not confirmed yet. But I, I'm fucking, I'm fucking scary. I'm scared. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's also, it's also fitting because a lot of uh, people who fuck with me online... Even though I'm not officially a part, I'm not a part. No fucking uh, affiliation. I just have theories, and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm supporting people that are being oppressed, who are legitimately oppressed, and all that. But when people like who are online fucking try to label me Antifa, it's like they're doing that on purpose because they're trying to get me fucking killed in some fucking way. Um, you know, and that's kind of been, I guess, if like. The overall plan has been known essentially, you know. You know what I mean. So again, like even though I'm not doing anything physically, I'm not. I'm not uh, going out because I, I know that if I go out, I'm monitored and um and people will put more protests in danger because they will suspect that they have you know every reason to believe that I'm uh someone who's quote unquote could be dangerous just so they could monitor me even though. I just have theories, I'm not a violent person, I have to fucking state that, because, you know, um, because the, the, the people will try to radicalize me, to go, try to radicalize me in the worst ways possible, and I don't really have any fucking backup, so that's why I've also kind of limited my fucking use on even a podcast, instead of, 
I totally, you know, I think I might be done with streaming for a bit because the the trolls will fucking get out of control with what's going on. Um, and, and you know, I, 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 I think uh, maybe after, t- like, again, it depends on how fucking f- uh, rushed my fucking head feels that I need to get things out of my, of my chest. But maybe for a while, until this kind of settles down, this might be one of my last podcasts for a bit. I don't know. I don't know if I'll stick to it. I don't know if things will be resolved and uh, people will fucking be telling their story. I don't know. But um, you know, I just I want to fucking uh, just get some shit off my fucking chest and try to have a a a, a, a little bit less serious episode. But again, no, no one again, no one really listens to this shit. Uh, you know what I mean? I know I am thankful for the people that do, even if the ones that, even the ones that fucking hate me, but still want to listen to what I fucking say. So please enjoy the fucking podcast. I just want to start off with this. I didn't intend to, but I'm, I'm getting fucking scared with what, what's going on, man. It's the world is a fucking scary place right now. And I didn't even express how I fucking feel about other things, you know what I mean? Like a lot of these celebrities are going outside and it just shows you my prediction of how everyone is basically becoming a villain and all the stuff was planted seeds. You know what I mean? Like people are, like again, like when, when people hear that Gucci got, a, got a, you know, raided when Gucci get, gets looted. Because Gucci did a racist campaign and profited off of that. It's like they're basically giving justification for that. Uh, you know what I mean? Like you just feel like planted seeds who have been there for a while and it's all accumulating now. I just didn't know it would be it would be this fucking soon during a pandemic. I just thought they would take us out during a pandemic and just eliminate people that way. But I have no idea what the fuck is going on. So please keep DC in your prayers. And I hope everyone is fucking trying to survive. Uh, I'm going to try. If if I'm not feeling it, I'll just skim through my thoughts and just fucking end it. So if you don't want to listen and you're still, you know what I mean? I don't blame you right now. It's not a fucking good time to listen but I just gotta just get things off of my fucking chest before I, uh, you know, uh, start doing other things, whatever. You know what I mean? It's just for some reason. Anyways, uh, enjoy the episode. So let me uh, sum up. I mean, all these uh, observations that I had for uh, for for the wrestling portion of it, it just seems petty now, you know what I mean? But... I guess because there's, you know, consequences for, like, you know, shilling for a billion-dollar corporation that's also tied to Trump, it feels like I should be discussing, you know, some of the things that are going on with it. Um, You know, first of all, like, uh, there was uh, rumors that uh, people were starting uh, in, again, you know, how... WWE is supposed to look like the bad guy, so there's rumors being reported by Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful that he's got word, he got word that some of these uh, people that were working the fucking tapings, 
um, the people from NXT that were in the crowd during Raw, and then, you know, the other tapings, like, they're, they're doing multiple tapings, that they're being told that they weren't allowed to fucking sit down or take a break or anything like that, and they were standing for 10 hours, and especially during a fucking pandemic, it fucking, you know, it's already bad enough, and I see, you know, the WWE shills that are, you know, always shield, always shielding, and protecting the fucking women that get any criticism from fucking fans and all that type of shit. Um, saying that, oh, I, well, as a fan, uh, well, it goes, I, 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 I can understand what their, uh, their plight, but as a fan, I don't really care. It's like, then just, just say that you're a WWE bootlicker, man. Just, just fucking say it. Just say you're a WWE bootlicker who fucking doesn't care. And all of you, all of you are fucking, you know, because you have a Bailey fucking avatar on your fucking profile, that you are just an employed fanboy, that probably has some access to fucking Bailey. Maybe you're an employed fucking fanboy of hers who has to fucking pretend to be this biggest fucking fan, and you pretend to be some genuine person. But again, a lot of these guys become that, you know. It's like they, you know, basically change the narrative of, of it being fucking negative. They change the narrative of it. Uh, uh, and they change, like, the narrative of going that, like, they, 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 like, for example, a lot of these guys are anticipating that WWE and the system is going to be called out, right? So a lot of these wrestling fans who are kind of critical of, of the product itself a little bit, just to make it seem like they criticize something. They put put down that they don't want um negative wrestling fans dominating, you know, I mean dominating their feeds and all of that type of stuff. So they instantly block these people. And it, again, it, it sounds like okay, you're blocking some of the people that are just being co- completely disrespectful in in whatever way that they they, they you know they are. But it also feels like they're doing that to lump valid criticism when we're supposed to be mad. So it's like they they got, so in my personal opinion, they got word of what's going to be happening. And they're already trying to set the narrative in motion. So, so, so that's why they already have it and they're already planting the seeds of the media being the enemies. And they're the ones spreading negative hate and then the ones that they like. It will be Ryan Sadden and all that type of stuff. You know what I mean? Even even though Sadden is uh, even though Sadden is you know kind of critical about some shit, not really the most critical. Um, what else did I have? Um, yeah. So yeah, then uh, we uh, Gulak is signed with the company. He was back on Friday with on SmackDown. Um, you know, and again, purposely they had you know that's why the, again whenever WWE shows are not bad mouthing some of these uh, people because because I know because you notice they always on Twitter they're always bad mouthing anyone that has complaints about about whatever right. So I guess, so me thinking that Gulak was leaving and he didn't complain about anything, he did it the right way, how, you know, how the fans want you to do it, you know, finish your contract and then leave, 
And then, you know, and then, so I thought, okay, they're just not going to badmouth him. And then, you know, because they're actually fans of him, and he's a guy that didn't really, you know, I thought it would eventually turn, they would turn on him once he went to AEW or something like that. But no, they got word that he was going to resign, so that's why they, and that's why they fucking, you know, had that. Again, you got to be careful some of the WWE shows, like especially the, the employed fan girls and fan boys of the show that are always getting on people who are criticizing, and then they use the most cartoonish and transparent criticisms of the company to basically, you know, shit on that idea, basically, that this company is doing anything fucking wrong. And especially when, like, you're basically defending WWE people from not speaking out, on certain things, especially when you've trained us to put smiles on our faces and all of that type of stuff. You do military propaganda, you do this and all of that. And you, you, what's it called, have John Cena announce Bin Laden is fucking dead like a fucking, like a fucking military puppet, in my personal opinion. And yet, you can't expect these guys to do it. And it's like these guys shield them from, you know, having to do it. Like, you're, you're expecting them to fucking do it. But it's like, okay, fine, then if you're not going to do it, then don't expect us to take what WWE pimps out a dead fucking kid for for cancer survivor fucking awareness or whatever. And, and you know, and, and uses, the, uses their thing that I don't want to hear from uh, the, their phony little fucking charity that they're fucking supporting um, that doesn't even really care about breast cancer and all that type of shit. So again, if if you're if you're gonna have it that way, we're not gonna speak out. Then guess what? Then don't waste people's time with fucking breast cancer awareness when the company you know thinks philanthropy is like a way to fucking uh, is is meant for marketing purposes. Um. There was uh r- rumors that you know uh. Uh, Nia Jax had injured Kyrie Zane. Uh, again, that's adding to the narrative that Nia Jax is unsafe. So they're banning the buckle bomb. I wonder if they'll air the fucking match. If they air the match, it might basically make me think that, you know, this stuff is purposely done as a work, but they might actually just edit it out. And basically, and the, the narrative will be that they're protecting Nia because Nia is supposed to be a fucking villain for real, on here, and and these injuries are, you know, systemic, I wonder, I wonder if there's going to be a revelation that, like, WWE is, like, getting Nia to fucking injure people that, you know, as, like, you know, a little hitman thing, whatever, because some of these people might want to go, so it's, like, before Kyrie Zayn leaves, she's going to be, like, like, you know, concussion prone all the fucking time and shit, you know? That's, you know, I get, you know, again, you know, I'm just rushing through these fucking thoughts. Again, like, I don't have the venom I had, like, last week. But, like, with all the stuff that's gone down, I'm just getting this stuff off my fucking chest, man. So I apologize if I'm coming across half-assed with all of this shit. I'm just trying to get, you know, and then I, just a couple of things that caught my eye that I go, I should talk about. And again, you know, AJ Styles was talking on a, on a podcast that he felt bad about... Luke, because he could apparently, you know, his storyline arc in real life is going to be that he basically got Luke Gallows and Anderson to sign, and then they got let go, and so he kind of feels bad, you know what I mean, for not being able to like help secure the fucking job, 
And I wonder if that's like leading to AJ eventually leaving. Because I do think that once his contract is done, he'll probably go to AEW. I, I really do think so. He'll probably, you know what I mean? He's going to be the guy that's worked for like every fucking company, essentially. Like, you know what I mean? The, uh, you know, he, he did the, he, I think he worked, um, I don't know if he worked NWA, the official NWA. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, you know, um, he's worked for WCW, TNA, New Japan, ROH. I think he, he may have done PWG, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, so he's done a lot of fucking shit. He's done a lot of fucking shit, so... I wouldn't... I don't, I don't... I think he might... He could end his career in AEW. But when they plant these things out, like, is it gonna hint that... Maybe, you know, Doc Gallows and Anderson are kind of mad at AJ Styles since... Everything that gets put, because again, you know, all the stuff is planned out in my personal opinion, but they just put it up in a quote-unquote real-life storyline to basically do it. So the fact that the narrative now is that different people that were fired are going to have different story arcs in real life about it. Like some are going to be bitter, some might fall in hard times for a bit, or some might fucking, you know, become bigger stars because of it. And then there might be some beef shit that they need to do. So the fact that they already kind of brought that out is kind of, you know, weird, right? Um, yeah, and, and another thing about... Um, before I get into AEW... Uh, the, 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 the obviously controversy about the black wrestlers not getting hired and all that... And then the narrative becomes anti-black in some way because what happens is it makes it look like the black wrestlers that are demanding, like, the kind of saying, hey, this is kind of bullshit. There's, like, a lot of talented black wrestlers on the indies that are not getting hired. They're being used on dark. They're being used on dark and all that type of shit. Um, I'll be back in a second. Hold on, I'll continue this. I gotta take a break. I gotta go take a piss. So as I was saying, the um, so the the controversy with the AEW, and then of course it takes place during this whole, you know, pro this whole um, like you know, because again wrestlers are taking advantage a little bit. Even though there's a fucking huge fucking you know protest going on. It adds more fuel to the fire of fans that are looking on Twitter. So again, you know, it goes to my point that the whole time, the whole wokeness that Cody and them were having was supposed to be seen as performative, but it's going to lead to something where, you know, more people will get opportunity, right? It might lead to a fucking... Because everything... Because again, when they say Tony Khan doesn't have plans to be an online character, but he's becoming an ass... Like, you know, he becomes kind of a laughing stock, a money mark, and all that type of stuff. So that, to me, always symbolizes that, like, they're basically making these promises that are going to be true, but they're gonna, but they're not going to do it at first. So now this conversation is basically to direct their... And that's where, like, all this controversy with Brandy Rowe... I talked about it a little bit on the other podcast, whatever, about 
because it tied in with like people the celebrity reaction to all of this stuff because everyone was expecting them to say something right even though like listen i'm not saying that it's gonna add anything but i'm like if you're gonna pretend to be a woke company then at least you know don't get mad at the people that are expecting that when it's the people that it's people in charge whether it be wwe or AEW, that manipulate fans into thinking that especially since that's what's trendy nowadays is being socially conscious or being politically incorrect and all that type of stuff right so again, you know, the, the the whole controversy, I'm sure something will happen where more more black wrestlers are being seen. But the way that people are taking it is like, they're making it seem like, oh, do you just want to get hired because you're black? How about, whatever happened to just being hired because you're the right man for the job? And it's like, see, again, and, the, and, the, and these are the type of fucking wrestling fans that I fucking hate because they pretend like they're not fucking racist. They pretend like they're not racist, but, like, they pretend like they're not racist, but, um, they really do have, like, 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 certain blind spots. Because, again, like, then you're assuming that everyone that AEW or these companies hire, like, the white guys, that all of them are right for the fucking job. You just assume that when there's a lot of fucking guys that are not really that over or not really, like, for example, you can argue, I'm not shitting on Butcher and Blade, but are they any fucking over, like, than, than certain black talents that you could have hired, or, you know what I mean, you could, you know what I mean, is Jimmy Havoc really, you know, you know what I mean, and maybe I'm not giving Jimmy Havoc, but all I ever see from Jimmy Havoc is him just fucking stapling fucking something to someone's face, and that's supposed to be, like, different variations of that, but, like, you know what I mean, and I heard all this hype about Jimmy Havoc from, like, Alex Greenfield, and, you know what I mean, I, I saw some of his progress shit, um, which he, I made me kind of excited, but I saw him in MLW, and I was like, yeah, this guy's, it's all right, he's not the, you know what I mean, people were saying this guy was, like, some fucking great fucking talent, but, I mean, maybe he hasn't been able to show it, but I'm saying that, you know what I mean, like, you're telling me you couldn't find somebody better than Havoc, in some, you know what I mean, like, so I, I just hate that, that narrative of the fucking, of, of the protest, uh, protest, sorry, of the fucking narrative, especially when they go, they're making it seem like, that, like, oh, it's out of line for people to fucking expect that to happen, but there's more inner, but when you set yourself up for being this woke and diverse fucking company, and, you know, and Cody's giving these fucking... Well, our first champion was a... Like, dude, you don't come... Again, that's like typical what WWE show would say. Oh, look, we have all black champions in the in in the, in the company now. Like, like, yeah, of course that means something, right? Like, cool representation. But if there isn't some real fucking change going on, it's just fucking... Just, you know... Like, let's see how Apollo Crews' fucking t- title run goes... You know what I mean? Like, it seems like they are going to push him, but it also feels like it's one of those... Th- Again, I thought they are going to push Cedric a couple of months ago, but look wh- where Cedric and Ricochet are. So I just hope Apollo Crews doesn't turn into that. And again, uh, who who's to fucking say? I mean, normally when you get really, really jacked and you fucking have, like, adv- advancements done to you behind the scenes, it seems like you're on your way to being pushed. 
But in WWE, it might symbolize that he won't get a fair shake and then he'll go somewhere else and become a star because, again, WWE is dwindling, of course, right? Um, and, of course, Jericho had to do... Again, see, Jericho's a socially conscious guy, so it, it just shocks me that even after all of these years... He would say all lives matter, and again he's again he does that classic thing where he's like, "Don't, oh, dude, I I want all lives to, like I mean black lives, white lives, it, brown lives, all, all that." But like, dude, you know what you're fucking doing, and again, like it's like you guys are inciting people. I guess it's like celebrities fucking basic. Like again, they're trying to make it seem like they're the fucking enemies now, and they're trying to become like you know, again like that guy Virgil who who's a designer. You know, c- complaining about his store and then, you know, donating 50 bucks when he's, like, a millionaire and shit like that. So, then like, people are basically telling him he's also kind of a sellout and all that. And then Jericho will basically pretend... So, again, like, these guys are basically working you during this, t- try- this time. And, again, I know that fucking... People don't want to hear that, but you got to accept that that might be a possibility that some of these... Uh, celebrities are working you and making you... Because, like, dude, trust me, these guys are way more savvy than you fucking realize that they... You, you don't think, seriously, they could... You you seriously don't think they could avoid social media and know what they're gonna fucking say? It, it seems like... It, it feels like all this fucking stuff, like, even the jobbers from 205 Live or an AEW jobber who's caught online saying racist fucking shit, it's like that's their initiation, essentially. You know what I mean? Like, they're becoming real-life fucking villains, and then, you know what I mean? And then they're probably gonna find some other work and all that. And then there's also rumors that a lot of indies don't want people speaking out about the Black Lives Matter protest. I don't know if that's, like, for sure, because Joey Ryan's the one that brought it up. So maybe that is true to some extent. But I wonder if that's even a storyline to basically show that there is, like, um, you know, like, to basically make you root for some of these guys even more. So I don't know if it's for sure or not, but I find that hard to believe when, like, wrestling is, you know, filled with a lot of scummy people who've done, like, a lot worse. So, what, you're not going to hire someone in an indie because they're speaking out about Black Lives Matter? Like, seriously, dude? Um, you saw yeah, WWE's banning buckle bombs. I put that there. Um, yeah, so I'll just get into, uh... Yeah, so yeah, Matt Riddle might come. To, it was promoted on SmackDown, and uh, Dijakovic is uh, uh, is headed to Raw, which is kind of random, man. I kind of wish Keith Lee, but I mean Keith Lee is a champion there, so it's like not. But again, like see again, this is the problem with NXT. I feel like ever since they made it a third brand, I thought like maybe they would learn their lesson in that they would um like they they're having good matches and good segments and all that type of shit. But, like, when you keep the same title, the same people in the title picture or in the main event picture, that was, like, the, see, that, that was the one good thing about when, when, like, talent got called up, even though the talent may not have been used the best that they were being, compared to what they're doing in NXT, uh, I feel like, um, I feel like, um, um, I feel like now, like, with the third brand, they have no urgency to go and fucking, you know, uh, have people being called up because now it's a third brand. So now you're going to have the same fucking guys in the main event scene, essentially. 
You know what I mean? You're, you're gonna have this. Like Adam Cole's like on his one year, one year, and he's like one year. I think till this day, basically, that or, or I think yesterday or something like that that uh, he's been he's been the NXT World Champion. So I mean, I mean that's kind of fucking cool. But like some of his feuds haven't really been the best. I think they spent way too much time with the Gargano and him feud. And then you know, and then what else did he have afterwards? He he had. Uh, uh yeah, he had Champa. He had Champa for a bit. It's like because Champa and Gargano have been in there, and it's like they overuse that fucking feud. So I was getting really tired of it because like some of these guys should have been like Undisputed Era should have been called called to the to the Raw or SmackDown a while back now. They've been they've been they they've all been there. Like Roddy Strong has been there before all of them. So. Um, I think it. I think he could have been there two thousand sixteen, but I know Cole Fish and um, Kyle O'Reilly. They were there in two thousand seventeen. It's approaching their three year, three year, three years since their debut when they uh, showed up at NXT Brooklyn in two thousand seventeen. So let me uh, let me go to you know NXT and uh, and think thoughts. Um, so yeah, so I I'm gonna go through this quickly. You know what I mean. I'm not really doing details and all that. I'm just going through some of my thoughts of the match, and as you heard in the top, um, okay. So Hardy, the Young Bucks team with Hardy, and you know they did a promo where you know Hardy was doing different versions of himself again. He was doing different versions of himself, and then um. Hold on. He basically dressed up as uh, Hardy from 1998 before he got his push. I can't describe to you the fucking out. I'm not good at I'm not good at anything. I don't even know why I have a podcast. But basically, you just go look up Matt Hardy in 1998. He was in that fucking getup essentially. I don't understand what the point of that was, but you know, um, they had a match with Private Party and Joey Janela, and you know, I mean, the match was decent, right? But the thing is, what I'm noticing, I don't know, man. I don't know if because of the lack of crowd that's there, or maybe because prior party haven't been used as much in in the last few in the last few in the last few uh, months of of this pandemic. Essentially, I you know it it just looks like like they they don't have that same energy that they had. Um, looks like they didn't have that same energy that they had prior. Or was that because like those fans there? I'm trying to figure it out because it's so, something about their match is not hitting. It was still a good match though, but it just it wasn't really it, like their matches haven't been hitting as often and all that. But anyways, uh, uh, young bucks and them win. I I'm going from what the storylines are. You know what I mean. If you want to go the other people that are are who can say you know basically um give you the summary of the fucking match, you know what I mean? I'm not good with that. I, and again, I, it, because I'm distracted with other shit right now that's going on in the world, I just kind of want to get through this and just kind of ease my mind of getting this off of my chest, essentially, you know what I mean? Um, but then, you know, after the match, I, I, during the match, Young Bucks kind of had like a fucking little kerfuffle, is it kerfuffle, with uh, Butcher and the Blade. And I thought, okay, Butcher and Blade are gonna atta- are attacking them, so now that's gonna be like their little mini feud that they're doing, maybe just to set up another fucking feud, just to maybe raise their stock. No, I guess they were used. 
because then the car pulls up, same way where Cody is, in a much better way, and all of a sudden Dash and, Dash and uh, Dawson and Wilder, I think, Dax and, and Wheeler now, Cash Wheeler and uh, something Dax, I don't know what it is, um, they came out and they're, they're referred to as FDR, and it was actually a really cool fucking debut, I wish it was in front of a live crowd, but it was still fucking cool that they came out. And again, if anyone knows the history, you know, the the revival of Young Bucks have traded, bar, have traded barbs back and forth on social media over the course of the years. And you're thinking that, oh, when they said, oh, me and the revival are going to be wrestling in the future together, like wrestling each other or whatever, everyone probably assumed, oh, okay, they're coming to WWE eventually. But I kind of thought because WWE is not the fucking stop to go to anymore, they're probably going to go somewhere else. I thought they would go to New Japan or something, like, you know what I mean? Cause I thought, I I suspected that, you know, while, since, like, last year, I thought, like, they were going to fucking really leave. But I thought, again, you know, the, the they, they basically hyped that up, so you had this in the back of your head. It's not like, oh, look, they're just confronting a tag team. This has been in the making, and I wish the... the, the the, there was a fucking crowd that could have fucking accumulated with this fucking reaction. You know what I mean? Like, all of this that fucking happened. Um, uh, what to call... Okay, so let's go to the next fucking segment. Next segment right here. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a mess, guys. Uh, I liked, uh, that, uh... Um, Brian Cage did a jobber match where he got all of his moves over. I always dig when they do the jobber matches to basically establish a move set for the wrestler. You know what I mean? I feel like when they do that, that's fucking uh, that's fucking cool. Like so, and then and then Taz and Moxley was on uh, was on. Uh, on commentary, essentially, right? And, you know what I mean? Doing his usual stick and Taz basically told him, like, you know, um, that, you like, you better be ready for this guy because this guy is a fighter. And I would, ex- I, I'm expecting more venom from Taz, right? But, I, I, I mean, maybe he just doesn't have it because, like, he's an older guy now and, you know, he's, like, been doing the commentary thing, whatever. But, I mean, it did come across better. I'm just not, I'm hoping that it's not the same... Taz from Aces and Eights, or Taz from fucking, you know, uh, managing Samoa Joe thing, right? I, I, I kind of hope, and again, I don't know how to feel about him basically giving the gimmick, though he's like the machine now, and uh, he, uh, Nick Cage, Brian Cage is the machine, and he's a human suplex machine and all that, and, you know, beat him if you can, survive if I let you, I don't mind passing that down, but sometimes I feel like you put pressure on people when you pass down someone else's fucking, you know, gimmick, and, you know what I mean, can people, I mean, it's been, an, it's been enough time since Taz has wrestled, so it might actually work out, it might be one of those cases where, you know, adding that, you know, um, hold on, what the hell, I'm just looking at the results right here, hold on, um, I wanted to, to like, let's see the move that was happening, you know what I mean, 
some of these, all I'm asking for, you know. So yeah, bucks one with more more bang for your buck, basically. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then you know he finished with a massive underdog, with the massive underdog with his drill claw finisher that he does. Uh, and then, you know, Taz took the microphone and, and, and showed respect for him and all that type of shit for Moxley by telling him going to be... So I don't even know if, like, it depends on how they're going to build this guy. Because, I mean, like, how many guys can Moxley... Like, again, he beat Jeff Cobb when he first came in. And I guess Cobb didn't really stay around anyways. Cobb didn't really stay around, really, right? So it makes me wonder, like... uh Sorry, I'm parched, man. It makes me wonder where, um, where, um, where on the food on the food chain is gonna cage gonna be right now? Cause right now they didn't kill Brody, but I wonder if the cage if they're gonna just give Cage the ultimate push and let him win. Cause I don't know what. Cause again, like I'm I'm for Moxley keeping the title, but it's like. If you're going to keep putting, like, these fresh, new fucking comers in there with him, it kind of, like, you're putting them there. I guess you're putting him there. But, again, like, then people will complain that you're pushing guys that are just coming out of the company, coming into the company out of nowhere and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So, like, either way, like, whatever the results are, it puts them in a pickle to be able to decide what's fucking, what's going to happen next, right? Um, the, the, the Britt Baker segment... Which I I guess because she's injured, she's going to be doing these role model fucking segments. And she has Rebel from TNA basically being her assistant. She keeps calling her Reba, which is fucking hilarious. And then, you know, she's basically doing a, a, a chart, basically, of the conspirators against her and all that. And she's basically like, you know, uh, uh, you know, calling all the women who are in the match a conspirator. And uh, and then when they point to Nyla Rose, who's the one like who's kind of responsible because she fell on Britt Baker's leg, she's saying, "Oh no, I I've been in, I've been in a ring with her a lot of times. She she she's safe or something like that, you know what I mean? Like she she she's like cleared of all charges or anything like that. You know what I mean? I thought that was kind of funny. So I mean, I guess if they keep Britt Baker on TV to do these segments, I I mean she she can still kind of build up her heel persona." And then you can, and then when she's healed, you can even pretend like she's still injured, and she can surprise. She can do that typical, like you know, surprise. Oh look, I, I, I wasn't really, I haven't been injured for a while or something like that. But I, I guess for the next couple of months, I think I don't know how, how long it takes to fucking heal that leg. You know what I mean? That was a really nasty fucking bump when Statlander and and Sheeta. Um, basically, fireman's carried uh, uh, Nyla Rose, and then she, and then you know the the her all of her body weight basically landed on Britt Baker, who was sitting in the corner essentially. But I, you know, I fucking I dug I dug this I I dug the fucking segment. You know what I mean? Um. So yeah, so it's just going rule number three: don't hurt the role model. Um, you know, and you know she goes into conspiracy territory and all that type of stuff. 
And then she, but the funny part was she basically blamed Arbery Edwards, the, refer, the woman referee in AEW. She goes, she's always there in all my matches. She's always, she's always around. You know what I mean? I, I thought, I thought that was fucking hilarious because she's a fucking obviously it didn't beat it over your head. She's a fucking referee. She's gonna be there. But I like that like some of these people have like little rivalries with the referee. You know what I mean? Like it 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 kind of reminds me of like when like wrestlers when Ric Flair would push referees and the referee would push him, and all that. And now it seems like they're doing that with like Jericho and Aubrey Edwards a little bit too. And now they're adding Britt Baker to it, so it's kind of fucking cool that you know maybe you know she'll they'll do the female version of you know the sh- pushing to the ropes and then shoving them or something like that. You know. Um, uh, Sheeta, uh, beat this chick named Christy James, Christy James, who, you know, people online were going, I don't know much about this woman, but, you know, um, hold on. But see, I don't know how to feel about that because, like, after you know, um, Sheeta delivered her Falcon Arrow for the you know, pinfall victory. Um, I don't know how I feel about like somebody like, giving a showcase to somebody because people will like that champions are making it seem like even they're getting challenged by someone that you know that they're gonna beat. Like it's like the Bret Hart X Pac one two three kid thing. You know what I mean? That was like one of like the better matches in the early days of Monday Night Raw, and it was for the title. And and you know, and and Bret Hart made one two three kids look like a fucking million bucks in that match. You know, but then people will argue: should the champion be putting having this kind of um, having these having this kind of fucking thing where she she can't even beat an unknown jobber, kind of in a way. You know what I mean? Because, like, Triple H was established before he started, like, making it look like Takamichi Noko could beat him a little bit, you know? So it makes me fucking wonder what the fuck... Uh, uh, it, makes me wa- it makes me wonder sometimes if, if it's worth even doing that kind of booking. But, I mean, I'm not going to complain. The match was good. Especially if you need to showcase women. And, and, again, out of all the fucking divisions in their fucking roster... The women's division has kind of been like kind of like been criti- been criticized the most, and it feels like they're finally kind of getting their foot getting it right. Essentially, it feels like there's a little bit more upswing in the division, and the mat the mat the match quality has kind of is has increased a lot better over the co- over the course of the last couple of months. So I'm actually looking forward. To, I I thought maybe Nyla should keep it for a bit. I thought you should make her an unbeatable champion for a bit and eventually Big Swole would fucking come and take the title from her because I, I do think Swole has a lot of fucking potential to be a fucking star. I, I think it's a little too early for her, but I mean, you know, I, I, I that's why I didn't mind the Sheeta matchup first because I thought maybe they would have that, you know, I thought they would have that, um... Sorry, man, I'm parched, man. I'm just, I've been up the whole night, basically. And I'm just going over this shit. Um, one second. So next was the um, Cody promo where 
I mean, listen, I, I, people give credit to Cody because he's a good talker, and he has cut some really good fucking promos uh, in, in his run in AEW thus far, right? But, I mean, I, I, I think he told some truth where, like, all the fun is going to be starting now, right? Basically, because, like, in, in storyline, it makes sense to say that, too, because he's a champion now, whatever. But I think that was his key way of saying things are going to get interesting with him as a TNT champion. But what I didn't really like about this fucking story is that he tries too hard to actually act like he isn't dealing with nepotism. Like, I'm not saying he... Again, when people say people work they get this nepotism, it doesn't mean they didn't work hard. But it's like they have to work hard because they have to prove that they're not getting their fucking job from from basically being a Rhodes. So, like, so and I, I'm guessing this is leading to a heel turn because he is playing those seeds... So, like, I just thought this was kind of... And, again, there was playing the seeds here, too, where he basically said that he wasn't the first fucking choice to call or the third choice to call when they are doing... Uh, uh, trying to get fucking top stars to come to AEW and all that type of stuff. So, I don't know if they're hinting something with him and Tony Khan down the line or something like that. Or if, you know... The, or if he's just showing, like, you know, some... Like, basically making it seem like he wasn't a fucking top choice to be picked or something like that. You know what I mean? And then he compares himself to Tom Brady. And again, I don't know much about football, but it seems like Tom Brady is one of, like, the, like the more over... Like, he's a good... Like, he's, like, a talented dude and all that. But from what I can see from football Twitter, that, like, he's one of, like, the, the more overrated guys that's, like, kind of a polarizing figure. You know what I mean? That that's like the thing I get. So I don't even know if the fucking comparison is really that great. Any like anyways, but it, it just seems like when you fucking do that with Tom Brady, it's like okay, so like basically like the the I'm supposed to see the negative fucking the the negative view about you basically. I think the the best thing about this promo was that he was basically saying that the the TNT title is gonna be open challenge every week. And all of that, but again, you harped on fucking on records and all that type of shit. So, are you trying to say that the TNT title doesn't fit the fucking record? Again, I thought they clarified that that the 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 number one ranked fucking guy in the rankings would get to choose between the TNT title or the or or the the world title, and so if you're doing like, you know, open challenges and all that type of shit. Then, then of course, like you know, you're already kind of like making it seem like these 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 things are not are not uh you know that the the records are not fucking you know credible if you're just gonna do it because he even he even said on Twitter that it 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 would be guys from outside the company as well. So I mean that might lead you to a couple of surprises. I'm sure Zack Ryder will fucking show up. Maybe Rusev will fucking show up for one offs. Maybe Heat Slater will show up or something like that. I'm sure there'll be a lot of fucking familiar faces showing up. But I hope it does I hope he elevates his title. And I hope he elevates the person he puts over for it. And I hope it stays a fucking... It's not one of those titles that you... That, you know, again, with AEW, you know, they protect their champion. That's what I kind of like 
about it. They're not putting their champions in, like, non-title matches and losing. Non- you know what I mean? Because a lot of people, man, I, I remember, like, talking about, like, how, like, you know, champions shouldn't have to fucking fight. And, like, that's not the way you should always build a match. You can do that once in a while. And then somebody messaged me and goes, I don't understand. What they're called. That's the way you determine number one contenders by getting pinned. And it's like, that's such a sad fucking state of affairs. That's, like, the norm that people expect for 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 how you get title matches in 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 the in the you know in quote unquote fake wrestling as you know some of my haters would say um you know I don't know how you would fucking get like you know what I mean? they, they don't understand that back then like you didn't really you would have number one contenders just fucking you know announce kind of of somebody that was like being booked fucking strongly you know what I mean I like I said man I go back to the Tatanka and Shawn Michaels build because you didn't see it often but Tatanka was the the build with that was like a wrestling build a build over a match essentially that Tatanka who's undefeated. Beat Shawn Michaels in a non-title match, when wrestlers didn't really lose non-title matches essentially, but he lost that match, and then he got pinned in a six-man tag, and like the whole fucking bill for that was will lightning strike three times, and I was actually as a kid, it got me excited for that. So again, so if you do that once in a while where the champion is pinned, it it comes across a lot more credible. But you should that that should not never be the rely that that should never be the booking thing that you do for 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 a title holder in my opinion, and that's and that's why people don't take the WWE titles seriously is because every champion fucking loses non title matches. You're constantly putting the 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 the, the mid card title. Uh, the mid card champion um in the ring with the world champion to lose and I mean I, I guess if like you're already on a win streak and you had credibility it would mean something but then it just seems like okay Andrade is gonna keep losing to Drew McIntyre like three times three times and in, in three times like in in the last three weeks or something like that you know what I mean so that's why it, it I I kind of hate that kind of shit like I used to hate it in two thousand and ten when like the tag champions would face like you know John Cena and and or somebody else but like Batista or something like that right like like random tag team and then they would beat the tag team for the title you know like you know what I, mean? I, I i or no or, or they beat him non title like you know what i mean like randy orton beat cody rhodes as intercontinental champion so many times i think one time in 2000 uh one time in 2011 and it was like what's the point like cody's like trying to cut promos bringing prestige back to the intercontinental title and you're just having it you know basically lost essentially having him lose essentially like that you know then they, they they had a battle royal. Uh, the battle royal wasn't like like you know again it wasn't like a most modern battle royal where there's like really 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 cool spots. Like there's a couple of cool spots, but it seemed really slow. And here's the thing: I'm not gonna get into the whole who eliminated who. There was several people: like Cole Cabana, Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy. Uh, you know what I mean? Orange Cassidy came out, and because he walked into a shot earlier on of the inner circle, uh, because he walked into the shot of that. Uh, they beat him, Pride and Powerful beat him up, Santana and Ortiz beat the fuck out of him, and then he was still in there, I thought maybe they're doing that to keep him out of the match, so then he would win, or something like that, but the thing is, MJF, man, he cut a fucking good, maybe this is like a testament to how good he is, whatever, 
when he's not doing his 4chan edgelord gimmick, he's actually, like, you know, bragging about being undefeated and how he's not the favorite in, in AEW because he didn't come from another fucking company to get his credibility. And he's basically talking about how he's, like, better than a lot of his fucking... a lot of the old veterans and all that type of stuff. And he's talking... And then he's basically reigniting his feud with Cody because, you know, they had fucking bad, bad you know, history together and all that. And, again, it made you kind of go, oh, yo, I want to see MJF fucking win this battle royal. Like, he's talking his shit. They even hinted, like, some fucking tension between him and Wardlow because Wardlow was, uh, you know, basically saying, like, he goes, uh, uh, like, you know, he's going to win, like, MJF was like, I'm going to win this fucking match. And, you know, I'm going to be staying tall if it's me and Wardlow in the end. You know, and then Wardlow's like, but, he goes, no, there's no buts. He goes, I'm going to win this, all right? I'm going to win this. And then Wardlow's getting upset, and, and then uh, MJF is like, no, no, okay, sick sick joke, huh, buddy? That's, that's awesome, huh? Hilarious, ha, 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 kind of shit. And to me, it makes me, it makes me wonder if, like, that was just a throwaway segment to show that, like, sometimes the people aligned together are, like, having disagreements. Or is that, like, kind of setting the seeds that you can kind of go back to of Wardlow kind of getting sick of him? You know what I mean? But it to me, it just it just seemed like it was a throwaway segment. But I could be wrong, you know what I mean? They, they could always capitalize on that. I think they... The, their objective is to do something on purpose like that, you know, but you know, I, I who, but what do I know? But anyways, jungle, jungle, jungle boy, jungle boy, Jack Perry, uh, won the fucking match. So I guess he's going to be Cody's first opponent. I don't expect him to win, but you know, it's probably, it probably be a good showing for the guy and shit like that. So I don't, I don't mind it, but I was kind of, but again, a testament to like the, the how a good promo can fucking, uh, can bring you in. It's it's a testament to how good a promo can bring you in because I really thought MJF was gonna fucking win the match, and that's how fucking good the fucking promo. That's how good the fucking promo was. Uh, at least I thought. You know what I mean? Because again, because like this is what I wanted out of him to bring out. I wanted him to kind of. I get like I said, it was great doing the fucking whole like I'm better than you. Oh, you're a fucking snobby fan. I'm gonna say controversial things online to be a contrarian. Essentially, you know what I mean? Um, you know. Uh, what else was there? Oh yeah, uh, Sab again. I don't know if Sabian and Havoc they beat SEU, and they're getting the title shot next week. And again, I I listen Sabian. I'm starting to like a little bit because I guess he's showing more personality a little bit. But I don't know, man. I haven't been able to get into Havoc. I'm not gonna lie to you. I haven't been able to get into Jimmy Havoc, and but I'll say this: he's been tolerable, being associated with him. But I don't see Kenny Omega. And uh, Adam Page losing, unless you're planning on doing a page, someone turning on somebody. Because I don't see how fucking, you know, Havoc and Cape Sabian are going to win. I think it's just a, like, just like a, a, a trend. Like, again, like, you know, people always assume that, like, these matches might fucking just, just be a feud or just might be a throwaway match. And sometimes it might be better to have a throwaway match so you can at least say you defended your titles and all that type of shit. So... I mean, we'll see what happens with that, but I wasn't really uh, too. Imp- I wasn't really. I wasn't really too impressed. I again, maybe they'll change my fucking mind. You know what I mean? And then we had the final segment, which, dude, it honestly came across like this was being set up 
for the inner circle to basically turn on Jericho. I thought, like, you know, they're going to do something where they're giving each other gifts. And then eventually, uh, you know, uh, Guevara basically hits him with one of the gifts. I forget what the gifts were, but Jericho was basically handing out, like, to, to, or, to, uh, to Ortiz, um, you know, headfo- uh, headphones, hearing aids that he could hear. Because, you know what I mean? He basically gave a, a hit-me-up hit scooter because uh, Guevara is on a fucking crutch and all that. So I guarantee you that's going to be... Something that's going to be like, you know, catching, that'll be popular. Sammy Guevara will be really annoying with that fucking shit. Um, I think, uh, I think uh, um, uh, um, Santana gave Jack Swagger fucking knockoff Tims. He even said, you know, they're knockoffs, whatever. Got a good deal on them and all that. I forget what what, what other gifts were basically being given. Let me read it. Hold on a second. Let me just, let me give you let me see, cause I, I mean, some, cause again, sometimes I, I forget, uh, you know. Yeah, so yeah, Sammy Guevara handed out participation tro- trophies. Santana gave out gifts from his New Yorkian basket, including a frame photo of Mark Anthony for Jericho, and late champion gifted Guevara scooter. The but the funniest segment was uh Jack Swagger. And let me uh let me actually play uh Jack. again Jake's Jake Hager sorry no, I keep calling I, again WWE gimmicks are fucking me up right um hold on one second let me find uh, uh hold on just looking at the AEW. I'm hoping they have Jack Jack Jake Hager's uh um, hold on A W A W where's their fucking dude it's like where are these fucking things man. I always have to fucking look for the AEW fucking one, man. Uh, oh, there we go. Okay, I I wouldn't be doing this any uh, this service, but Jack Jack Jake Hager had his best, uh, fucking promo, you know, ever. Um. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, dude, they don't even fucking have it, man. That'd be like the one thing that you'd want to put on your fucking, you know. But but anyways, Jake Hager basically, in, in his monotone way, he read a fucking poem that was obviously supposed to be bad. And I'm sure Jericho wrote it for him. 
and like he's basically doing it they're all like you know basically being celebratory about it and then he basically goes and if i ever fucking if i ever find uh you know the 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 elite i'm gonna run him i'm gonna go in my car and i'm gonna run all of them over and then he just basically started screaming you know what i mean and then they told him to calm down and he goes i'm fine i'm happy so you should go out of your way to watch that he was like the highlight of it and i thought like you know when uh you know Guevara was asking Jericho like what do you want bro what do you what do you want whatever and uh he basically opened up a platter with with, with fucking you know and it was supposed to be empty whatever and all that right uh you know with no bubbly and all that type of shit but uh when he asked Jericho what do you want he's like I want Tyson Mike Tyson's head head on a platter and I know people are going to be critical about um them doing a WWE angle essentially um from it um, but the thing is, I like that they can kind of lean on past history. Cause I think every company should lean on past history because it's part of the world of wrestling history, right? WWE on purpose is the pretentious company. It's like, it's like America. It's like the America of wrestling companies, right? So it's like the America, like if, if all these wrestling companies were countries, WWE would be America, where they basically, if it doesn't happen in America, it, does, it doesn't really matter, basically, even though more people are aware of what's going on in other companies. So that's why I kind of like that little narrative that WWE will ignore fucking wrestling history, but, uh, but, but everyone else is like, yo, we can acknowledge it. So basically, Tyson came out, and he had the bubbly... And again, I go. This is again. Uh, uh, the guy Henry Sajudo, Ciju, I think his name is, uh, Vitor Belfort, um, and uh, Rashad, Rashad Evans is the only one I probably know. Like, like hard. Like I see, I seen the other guys' matches, fights before, but I'm not fucking good at memorizing a lot of these UFC. That's why I follow all some of these guys that I watch, but I can never really remember like certain fights because I don't watch it often enough. So I'm always confused about what fight I fucking saw, unless it's overhyped sometimes, you know what I mean? And I want to fucking, you know, see what people are tweeting about, essentially, and all that. I don't really just follow post-wrestling with that shit, um, you know. But the, it's, like, a shame, because, like, I, the only guy that I really recognized and they didn't even mention him was, like, one of JWoww's boyfriends. Uh, I forget what the guy's name is. But you know, after, like, she got divorced, whatever, she was dating some other guy. And that was the only guy that I kind of recognized. That's how fucking... I didn't even recognize the actor who was there. But then they fucking just got into, like, a big-ass brawl. And then, of course, like, with this COVID shit going on, it's like, did you really need all these people? Like, at least 10 people in that ring caught, caught Rona. Like, you know what I mean? 10 people at least caught Rona in that. And they were and they're just a brawl between... And Tyson just ad-libbed, and he's like... He wasn't even making much sense. He was like, because you stole the title, man. You stole... It's like, what the fuck is he talking about? And I think Jericho was getting kind of annoyed when he told, shut up. You know what I mean? But then again, you know, it, it got good headlines for... It got good fucking coverage for it a little bit. Um, I don't think it's going to be a game changer, but I guess because Tyson has been making headways lately with uh, his, like... You know his boxing and all that type of shit, and a hint that him and Holyfield might go at it one more time, and you know that viral video of him working out like boxing and all that, uh, you know that that was like a again like you know what I mean so he was fresh in everyone's mind essentially right, 
I think the most that you'll associate with Tyson is him yawning during the fucking pay-per-view. But, you know, again, you know, uh, so basically a brawl broke out. And I don't know if it's going to lead to the inner circle fighting some of these guys. Rashad Evans going to fight. I couldn't even recognize him. He has, like, braids now or some shit. So I couldn't even really recognize him for a minute. But, yeah, that was basically AEW. Uh, I mean, I thought it was a fun show. It was a good post-fucking post-show. Uh, with NXT now, um, uh, I like Maverick ended up winning the triple threat match where they basically try to break the fucking tie between him and Kushida and Jake Atlas. I thought it was done in a fucking cheap way, kind of, in a way. Like, Kushida has, um, has Atlas in an arm bar, and then, you know, Drake Maverick uh, just crawls over and pins him. And you know what I mean? Like, sometimes, like, those moves can be executed well, but sometimes I feel like, a, especially with AEW uh, and NXT a little bit, sometimes they could just look a little bit shitty, but... I mean, listen, I again, maybe Drake Maverick loses, but whatever happens, it's part of a storyline. So I'm wondering if, like, you know, he he actually ends up winning the title and then WWE hires him back mir- miraculously. Or does he lose and then, WWE, and then people will shit on WWE because they use this as a storyline when it's probably planned to happen that way. Like, even if he does doesn't get his job, it's designed to be that way because it's designed to make WWE look like a shitty fucking company, basically. You know what I mean? They'll get criticized for that kind of shit. Um, what else happened? Um, Gargano beat a jobber. Uh, you know, it's refreshing sometimes to see that, even though I'm not into the whole uh, Gargano and Candice being he- being heels. You know what I mean? I, I, I just don't really fucking, you know, I don't some people think it's refreshing, but I don't know. I just don't think it fits them. But they're feuding with Lee and fucking Mia Yim, who are parroting their fucking little videos that they were doing. Um, uh, that they were doing from their home. Again, maybe it's just me. And again, this is not hating on Yim or Lee. I, just, I don't know if the segment was supposed to just be that corny on purpose. But it just, I don't know, it, it, it didn't really it didn't really hit me. I don't think Mia Yim is really that great on the mic still. So I think she's still finding her groove on the mic. I, you know what I mean? And then Lee, it seems like, you know, he's doing, like, you know how his his uh speech pattern is where he kind of speaks like, like you know, like there's going to be, like, you know, basically a, a, a glory type of fucking promo. Like, you know what I mean? He speaks so eloquently and all that type of stuff where, it, and then he speaks, like, I, I can't explain his fucking tone. This is how stupid I am. But I just didn't think that the, that segment really hit home for me. I, I did laugh, though, when they did zoom in on a picture on their mantle of Mia Yim kicking uh, Gargano in the face. That one made, that thing made me laugh. But again, like, I don't even know if I should, like, really care about this match, really. It just seems out of nowhere, you know. But again, you know, maybe the match will be fucking good, but it just, it just seems like, you know, it just seems like just a random fucking feud. I just don't think, again, I'm not buying it because I don't think Gargano is this is 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 this great heel that everyone says he is? I think everyone just says, like, "Oh, again, I I beat this I beat, I beat this drum down so much." You know what I mean? Um, um, Gonzalez Raquel Gonzalez beat Shotzi Blackheart. Um, you know, and Dakota Kai was trying to fucking, you know, interfere and destroy the tank, the little toy tank that she has, which I thought was funny. Tegan Knox comes out to help, 
And then Candice LeRae gets involved in this match for some odd reason. Like, she's already feuding with Mia Yim, but she gets involved in this match a little bit. And she kind of distracts... Uh, she distract. I think the the highlight of this match is when Shotzi Blackheart did the coffin drop, and she basically like landed on her neck. Essentially, it was kind of like you know. That, I mean, I hope she's okay. I don't know. You know, maybe that's one of her initiations. But yeah, it, it looked like a nasty ass landing. But fucking, what's her name? Raquel Gonzalez won, and yo, I like Raquel Gonzalez. I think her and Kai fit in perfectly. And also, she's very, very incredibly sexy also, I might add. I, I, I like tall chicks, so... I mean, I just think she's incredible, you know what I mean? But she plays the, the, the you know, the diesel role, a, a, you know, very, very good, you know? So, again, I don't even know if, like, you know, what they're really doing with Dakota Kai, you know what I mean? Is she going to be next for a title? But, like, Charlotte, right? See, again, this is why putting a title on Charlotte was kind of maybe a wrong idea. Because, you know, I, I don't know. Um, um, Charlotte and Chelsea Green, random partner that she chose, defeated Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai, which was, a, which was a decent match, but again, it just shows that like they couldn't get on the same page. I mean, they got along, but you can see there was a tension between them. And then Chelsea Green sacrificed herself when she wasn't like the, the, the legal woman in the match. So it gave Charlotte the fucking opportunity to pin. And at, in the in the YouTube video, um, she fu- she fired uh, Robert Stone as her manager. But I think it, it's coming across like one of those things where, um, where she, like every time she gets like a little monicum of success, she's just gonna keep dumping him. But then when she loses, she'll go back to him. So it seems like that. So I mean, I mean that 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 could be funny and entertaining. But it's like then maybe you should do something better with Robert Stone. You know what I mean? Maybe have him managing somebody else that has more credibility. But, I mean, let's see where the storyline goes. But I don't think she completely dumped him. I think it'll be one of those things where she's just going to be one of those, you know, uh, one of those people that, like, get so cocky about about their victories that they, they don't think they need the person that's helping them get there and all that. And it might just backfire on her, which, which again, Chelsea Green is a good character. She does comedy well, kind of like you know what I mean. It just right now, I don't think she's like that great in the ring. I, I I never really been too impressed with her in the ring, but I've always dug what like you know what I mean. Her her work and impact was really really fucking good. I thought. Um, what else happened? Uh, neg- the Adam Cole and William Regal negotiations over Zoom, that was fucking hilarious, I thought, when uh, William Regal's goes, you're acting like a baby, right, like, you know, Adam Cole says, Adam Cole, baby, you know what I mean, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, I thought it was good, Adam Cole goes, ah, you come a, for- you come a long way since being a man's man, because of Regal's old gimmick, but it was basically to set up uh, one last fucking match, for him, for, for Dream getting a title match, and people are already worried that Adam Cole might be leaving, um, because his contract ending in three months, and he's been showing up at AEW parties and all that, and they've been harping on that, I don't know if that's, like, just a tease that he's gonna resign or something like that, or, or if, or, or does that mean that he's, like, you know, basically gonna lose this match to Velveteen Dream, and and that will be like the end of him basically with it, and maybe the undisputed era turn on him or something like that. And listen, if Adam Cole leaves and undisputed era still stays and all that, uh, the guy that I think that should uh, 
you should try to give a singles run to and still have the group together. Not I'm not saying break them up. Bobby Fish needs to have a singles run. Because to me, he's better than Adam Cole on the microphone. He's actually a lot better on the microphone than Adam Cole. I guess WWE is treating him like Arn Anderson, where he's allowed to show his skill. But they don't really give him much of a fucking mic time. In ROH, his, I, 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 him and Kyle O'Reilly were like a really favorite tag team of mine. And it's all a, a lot to do because of uh, Bobby Fish's fucking promos. Like that, you know what I mean? He comes across like one of these, like you know these, uh, one of these frat boy heels that has like a really fucking, you know, uh, a really high, kind of like a high pitched voice a little bit. You know what I mean? Like a little, it's like a little bit crackly, but like it's like really, it's like high pitched in a way, you know. But I not high. I I don't know if I can say high pitched is the right word. This is what happens when a guy who doesn't know words and how to describe and he tries to be articulate fucking sounds. So yeah, welcome to my podcast, if this is your first time here. You can come and see fucking, you know, somebody trying to act like he's smart when he's not. But yeah, so like, I get, this. apparently they've been filming this match, and it's going to be taking place where like cars are surrounding it and all that type of shit. I don't know what it what it is, but I'm sure, I'm, I see again, you know how AEW really did well with the empty arena pay-per-view? And WWE is kind of being this corporate kind of thing. I do think NXT will deliver on their in-your-house takeover. I really do think they will do that shit right. And I'm looking forward to Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole. Again, it'd be weird if they give it to Velveteen Dream. Does that mean that whole fucking, that whole fucking, uh, uh, um, that whole fucking, you know, uh, pedophile thing, the sex, the sex offender thing is is solved or? Is it going to be more controversy that he gets a title and then they fucking, you know, find out more about it? Because they already know what's going to happen. It's just they're making it seem like there's still investigations going on with it to basically buy time. And because, like, you're going to wonder, okay, because if, if, if it was, if they said it was confirmed, then they would definitely have to take him off TV. They wouldn't leave him on TV. So they have to have it be uncertain and spread that propaganda. So I don't know where that fucking goes. Um, this is what I like. Champa defeated Leon Leon Ruff. Re- again, this guy has been a highlight of being like the like one of the job guys that have been making guys look fucking good. But what was weird is about it is that just out of nowhere, Scarlet Bordeaux is just standing there and like she has this like she looks like she's about to cry kind of in a way. But it's more of like a really silent fucking, like a silent fucking, like, she's like approaching it silent. Like you couldn't even fucking spot her coming out. She just was there. The camera work was good. And it just looked like one of those fucking, you know, again, I can't come up with a good movie reference because I, I, I'm, I'm devoid of any of that fucking knowledge anymore of, you know, a movie. But it seemed like, you know, one of those characters that like when like someone's at a funeral in a movie and then they notice a fucking weird fucking, you know, a, a weird woman with, like, you know, like, who looks like a widow, kind of, in a way. And, like, you know what I mean? And then she's kind of looking at the main character. And no one else is really paying attention to it. That's what it kind of felt like. And then, of course, Karrion Cross came on the screen to basically say that I'm going to show you what I'm about and all that type of stuff. And I'm hoping that, like, he, to make, if you want to make an impact, right? And because 
Champa is credible, you should just have Karrion Cross just de- destroy him and destroy him fucking badly to basically make it seem like, oh shit, Champa, who's a very credible guy, just got taken out and he's like been eviscerated basically. I would have him do that. Otherwise, you know what I mean? Like, it, it shouldn't be a long match either. It should just be something that you just call an audible and basically make Karrion Cross just destroy him. Chompa's not going to lose any credibility. He can come back and fucking get his revenge. There's a story there to be told. But I think that, you know, Karrion Cross should just fucking eviscerate him and destroy the living fuck out of him, basically. That's what I fucking think. And then the main event, um, Riddle versus uh, Thatcher in a fucking, uh, uh, in a pit fight with Kurt Angle, the referee. Now, a lot of people may not like this, but I, this is, it was like, it was like just imagine the Lion's Den match, but basically around the fucking actual ring, instead of like, their, you know what I mean? This is what I wanted the own heart and Ken Shamrock and Steve Blackman and Ken Shamrock match to be kind of you know what I mean it, it it was kind of toned down and I think for that time people wouldn't even really get into that kind of like like you know that MMA style thing but I thought it was used perfectly you know what I mean they had a a scaffold around the fucking ring basic around like the the, the cage area and it, I, I see the reason why I liked it I liked that like there was no ropes and they're using the cage as their kind of the ropes. And, like, the move that they were doing, it was just... I thought it was incredible, you know what I mean? I liked, I like how Matt Riddle jumps off the fucking platform and then just does a roll, kind of, you know what I mean? And, like, and early on in the match, Thatcher got his fucking teeth knocked out and uh, he's putting them back in. He's, like, bleeding and all that. And, like, the ending of the match was essentially uh, Thatcher had a, a chokehold on him. And it was, like, one of those things where, like, he had it on for a while and Matt Riddle was, like, like you know, basically uh, jumped off something, like, with him on the back. And then, like, you know what I mean? It hit the mat, but then he still had it on him and then he basically got passed out. So, like, that's one way to basically go, essentially. So, like, that people were, like, okay, so Thatcher beat him, and that was his way of fucking being ridden off. Uh, because now he's going to SmackDown. Which, you know, again, uh, I thought maybe Raw would be suitable for him, but maybe Raw's too little stacked right now. He'd be lost in the shuffle with, like, a lot of the other guys that are there. Because SmackDown needs somebody, but I'm nervous because Bruce Pritchard is going to be writing for him. And I assume that they're going to do a lot of RFD WWE stuff with him in that they'll just make him like, you know, a, a, a sitcom fucking stoner while fucking Paul Heyman could have booked him like RVD and ECW. Be an ass kicker, but still have your personality. You know what I mean? And I don't think Riddle ever really found himself in, in, in what his character was until like, you know, the fall of the fall of 2019. You know what I mean, and so now I'm just I'm just wondering like, uh, if it's gonna work out. I'm wondering if it's gonna fucking work out. Uh, you know, but yeah, that was NXT, and uh, um, it, it was it was a pretty good episode. I can go to fucking SmackDown, and again, b- watching the George Floyd fucking protest. This was not a fucking good start to fucking show me SmackDown because right away I'm watching protests of like, you know, police cars and all this and riots and all that 
all of a sudden SmackDown starts off with a not a riot but police commotion and an ambulance there and a fucking car fucking destroyed and it's like holy shit they're so fucking tone deaf with this and it's like it's a, it's a, it's a, like one of those symbolism things where like WWE always like has predictive programming on their fucking show essentially where they have like like again I you can't convince me that like you know again it just proves that this stuff is kind of planned out if this Alita stuff is happening and all that type of stuff really right so I feel like some of these shows are fucking some of these companies will fucking do something to piss off the fans and be tone deaf and the angle wasn't even like again it's obviously going to be proven that Jeff Hardy is innocent but again, people are critical of them using uh, a fucking, uh, his, his drunk fucking shit uh, as a storyline. And again, if Jeff Hardy approved of it and there is actually something compelling to do with it, I don't fucking mind it. But again, because WWE is in the dwindling phase of their fucking reputation, it feels like another added accumulation. Um... It feels like another added accumulation to the fact that, um, um, that, like, they're doing something that's unethical and fucking, you know, very, very tone deaf. It feels kind of like that to me, you know? It feels like, uh, because Rebby Hardy was complaining about it a little bit, and Matt Hardy was, like, kind of, like, reiterating that he's, oh, yeah, I'm happy at AEW and all that type of stuff. And it feels like, you know, it feels like another one of those things where you're going to find out that Jeff Hardy uh, is, uh, like, again, you know, I'm not saying that these things are fake, but when you're a part of the elite, like Vince McMahon is, you can basically have situations that are quote-unquote real life, like drunk driving. And, you know, again, having the record and all that type of stuff, right? It feels like a lot of stuff WWE could orchestrate. Or fucking, you know what I mean? So maybe it's not even really happening. But they just say it's fucking happening. Or they orchestrate it to happen. So then they could use this for a fucking storyline. But because you think that they're regular fucking people. And they're not playing by different rules. Where they have the system as their fucking playground. It feels like they've been accumulating that. And you're probably going to find out. Especially fresh off the fucking animal uh, the 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 and the uh, the Legion of Doom the Road Warrior documentary, you know what I mean? It feels like you know again they they're aware of that and again it's fresh in people's mind. So when you see what happened to Hawk, people are obviously gonna be pissed off. So like basically you found Jeff Hardy uh, basically uh, doused in alcohol, and then uh, and then you know uh, uh, Elias was run over conveniently. And those two were the, 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 the Jeff was Daniel Bryan's opponent for the semifinals and and Elias was AJ Styles fucking, you know. So again, like, you know, and uh, so they they carried him, they went in for questioning with Jeff Hardy. Uh, Elias was, ambul- was stretchered out. And then, you know, again, Adam Pierce has now become like a fucking regular character, former NWA champion and shit like that. He's been working with the company as an agent for a while, but he's been making more appearances lately. I wonder if he's going to be like a permanent kind of authority figure kind of for SmackDown. Because it, it felt like, you know what I mean, because the way that he was organizing it. So there was like, you know, uh, you know, basically, you know, arguments with AJ Styles actually came across like well as a heel, basically telling Daniel Bryan, what are you stupid for not taking up a, a, a bye and just going to the finals? And then Daniel Bryan insisting that he wants to fight somebody. So AJ Styles took the bye 
from Elias, so he's in the finals. And then, you know, Dolph Ziggler, you know, Jay, Jay Uso and uh, uh, Corbin and Sheamus, and all of them were all arguing, Chad Gable, they're all arguing about the Battle Royal and there should be, you know I mean, be one. And again, I think it, it wasn't anything... Super, it wasn't anything super noticeable, noticeable, like, there was, like, again, like, you know, it's hard to get into a battle royal when it's, like, you know, like, no fucking, like, barely a crowd in there, right, at least there was some noise, but, I mean, the story of it, like, is Chad Gable eliminated somebody, and then, uh, and then, I, th- I think he may have eliminated Corbin, I could be wrong, I think, I, I could be, I could, I could be wrong, he eliminated Corbin, then Cesaro came in, came back in after being eliminated, and throw Gable out, which, like, you know, ended up being a match later on, which uh, Gable actually won. But then it was, I think it was Sheamus and Jey Uso that were the last two, and Sheamus won. And again, f- for something like, you know, you, you thought that maybe he would go to the finals, maybe, or something like that, but he was hyping it up that, you know, he's never won the Intercontinental title, and that's one title that he's kind of going after. So I kind of like that story. But again, he did, if it's revealed that he is the one that framed Jeff Hardy, he did all that just for an Intercontinental title, you know, but whatever, who gives a fuck in WWE, right? So so Daniel Bryan and Sheamus fought in the, in the main event, essentially, and then, you know, by distraction, Jeff Hardy came back by the end of the night, and he distracted Sheamus um, by appearing, and then Daniel Bryan uh, uh, got, the knee, got his running knee to his fucking face, when Sheamus was trying to prepare for the broke kick, essentially. So, yeah, so that's what happened. You know, Chad, Chad Gable beat Cesaro, which I was happy about. But, like, it's like Cesaro has to lose again. So, it's like, whatever, man, you know. Uh, you know, whatever. Um, uh, what else happened? Hold on. Uh, oh, yeah, Lacey, uh, Lacey Evans won by disqualification with Sonya Deville. I guess that's her next feud. It wasn't really nothing match, but I'm I'm liking Sonya Deville's improvement. She's become a lot better. She got her Illuminati microchip, it seems, because now she's like delivering do- dope ass promos, and she's becoming coming across a little bit more compelling and shit. You know what I mean? There was a moment of bliss segment with New Day, which I it was just pointless. Like, did they bring New Day out so they could point out that everyone in the ring was champions? So that when Bailey and Sasha came out, they could point that Sasha was the only one that doesn't have a title. And basically, it's more of, like, you know, basically, you know, uh, it's basically them fucking, you know, uh, uh, bringing up that Sasha is her lackey and all that. So they keep pointing that. But again, I don't think Sasha has kind of been in a segment with Bliss in a long time. So again, because they're supposed to be enemies in real life, even though I don't even know if that's for real or not, I think that's supposed to be one of those things where it adds more drama to it, whatever. So Bailey basically convinces Sasha to have a match with Bliss. You know, after, and again, you know, she had the Hana fucking uh, RIP. She wasn't ready to compete, so she had to wrestle in her fucking uh, jaw, in her tracks, track pants, which, you know, was a kind of a change, change of pace, but I was happy that she fucking beat Bliss. She pinned Bliss. Because since that feud, she always loses to Bliss, and I fucking get sick of that type of shit. You know what I mean? It puts a smile on my face when Sasha's the one that's beating Bliss. So I guess they'll get a title shot, and I'm sure they'll fucking lose that. Uh, you know, uh, I'm sure they'll fucking lose that. I hope Nikki Cross is the one that actually... And the thing is, like, during the match, Nikki Cross acts like... 
like a child, like that, like doesn't even like is aware that she's a child. You know what I mean? Like she's like adorable in that sense, but sometimes it's like you can you can still make her adult. Like you know what I mean? You don't have to make her a complete child. You can make her sweet and innocent and a little bit kooky, but like just like you know she acts like you know she's like this like very vulnerable child that gets like really really excited. And gets like really, really excited for the negative as well. like excited the negative like she gets like like you know she has to be like over defensive about you know bliss being her only friend and all that type of shit. Again, it's it's all right, but I mean I, I wasn't really digging. I mean I just thought New Day. I I guess because they mentioned the Forgotten Sons who also did another fucking promo. Again, I'm sure they won't be shedding light on like the race the racial aspect of it, but. You know what I mean? Because especially with the time that we're living in right now. There was an Otis and Mandy segment where they recreated the regiment, fast time at Regiment High, basically. You know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, Otis being in the pool and Mandy fantasizing that, you know, you think it's real that she's coming and making out with him and they're going to go have sex. And then she breaks out of her dream and then Otis jumps in the pool and then the splash hits her. And then she fucking goes, I have a crazy dream. And then she goes into the pool and then they make out. I don't know. People people loved it because it's weird and it's Otis. But, I mean, I just don't fucking care for this shit, really. No, no, I'm not going to be honest with you. But I mean, listen, it, it fits Otis's character, so I guess like I can't really complain about that, you know? And that was basically SmackDown. Um, here's some other just random thoughts that I've jotted down that I could do something with, and I might as well just fucking waste them out right now. I jotted that uh, HBO Max and not really caring about... Uh, not really caring about because I'm not really getting into TV as much with all the fucking chaos that's going on in the world. It feels like we're in our own TV show. But then it's weird that sometimes it'll creep on to me that I'm missing out on TV shows and movies. That You know what I mean? I, I need to know reference. I need to be influenced by comedic characters so I can, you know, do that. So I can fucking, uh, you know, basically live vicariously to them. You know what I mean? That's kind of why I used to watch TV. Basically to know how to act cool and which character would, you know what I mean? That's why I gravitated towards that. But, like, now it's, like, I find that, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not smart enough to fucking break down the politics. And, you know what I mean? And something I like might be, like, for example, might be considered fucking kind of racist in a, uh, like, you know what I mean? I'm not picking up the neoliberal element of it and all that. Sometimes I just like the, like, I, I kind of go, it's kind of progressive, cool, whatever. I don't ask questions about it. Because I'm not really pay, I'm not really looking too deeply into that type of shit, but then you know what I mean it always seems to be a problem. And I'm like, fuck, dude, am I an asshole for liking this shit? But again, you know, HBO Canada is not even getting a good version of HBO Max. I mean, that's typical Canada. We get fucking things late, or we get it half-assed. Basically, it's like a Diet Coke version. Uh, one again, you know, I don't like Twitter challenges. You know what I mean? I don't like Twitter challenges. But this one, this newest one that's been happening, it's been one of the funniest fucking ones that I like. It's like somebody will say something critical, right? And then somebody will fucking quote, tweet, reply it and go, this you? And it'll be a screen grab of them being a hypocrite that oppose their other fucking th- the, the thing. And it, 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 it basically last fucking Wednesday, it basically became... Uh, the Armageddon of it, like it went out of control. Those intercept interceptions going on, 
So it, it was just kind of cool that sometimes there there are fucking... Again, I don't have enough fucking energy to go look up people's old fucking tweets and opinions about shit, right? So, I, I, again, like, you know... Uh, uh, you know what I mean, but th- that is a good that is a good fucking challenge. This you, I, I you know what I mean. It's like you know, I think it's just fucking simple. You know what I mean. Sometimes the social media has it together with some of their fucking with some of their fucking challenge with some of their challenges. It's like it was just getting out of hand. Just go, just go look up on Twitter. This you, and you'll see. You'll laugh your fucking ass off. It's like one of like the, it's one of the it's one of the it was one of the best one of the best fucking challenges that have been going on. It's better than eating a bunch of uh um pot you know one of those uh uh you know one of those uh uh pods that people the uh, um what what are they called man uh, uh yeah, pod deter- detergent pods or some shit like that. I don't fucking know. You know. Tide Pod or something like that. I don't fucking know. Uh, I had uh, all of say again. Now they're playing the seeds of jo- Jordan's heel rise, basically, where they're basically, ba- basically now all of a sudden out of nowhere, audio is leaking of Jordan fucking talking about how he didn't want Isaiah Thomas. Uh, on the dream team, it wasn't Isaiah Thomas. If, if it isn't, I don't fucking know. But he didn't want someone on the dream team, yeah, uh, for the Olympics. So it's basically putting, and of course, Jordan defenders are going to defend it instead of, you know, basically, I thought, see, again, people say that he, oh, Jordan's not political and all that, but that right there is politicking, basically. That is politicking. At least if you're going to be a Jordan fan, at least just admit that he politicked as well. He politicked. Because I'm so tired of people saying that, oh, the smartest thing that Jordan did was not saying anything. Yeah, but you know what? He did say something. He fucking uh, um, basically told fucking Chris Jackson. That he, you know, Mahmoud Abdul Raf, he told him that he's being disrespectful to the flag. So again, people want to act like Jordan wasn't being political at all. Give me a break. Listen, I'm not saying that it, it's completely his fault because again, the powers that be would have destroyed him. It's like, it wasn't as easy being socially conscious in the mainstream um, uh, in the 90s. They would fucking end you. If you're going to be socially conscious, you be- had better have been either associated with fucking hip hop. Or be associated with Farrakhan. And again, the, the, the generalized shit would have... Basically, you get your message out, but you got to generalize shit. And then also spew some propaganda. Kind of like what Dr. Umar, Dr. Umar Johnson does. He's a, funny, he's a funny fucking guy. A lot of memes about the fucking guy. But he's also a fucking... Uh, a guy that spews propaganda as well. And I'm worried that m- many people are going like, to take the propaganda message... And basically, you know, act like he's keeping it real. And again, because because it's politically incorrect. Like, you know what I mean? It's a politically incorrect mindset that he has, essentially, right? In some ways. People are going to go, oh, no, no, that's him not giving a fuck. But the guy is also meant to be a meme. He's a character. He's in the system. They they wouldn't allow him to be a fucking character if he wasn't in the system. All of a sudden, it becomes cool. And I'm not even saying that he's wrong on certain things. But, like, it's the certain thing that he's actually right about. But, again, then, you know, he's, like, one of the... It's, like, a typical guy that's not uh, in the left-right paradigm. And he ends up to to be able to say what he has to say. He has to sell out, essentially. You know what I mean? Uh, what else did I have jotted down that I need to just get off my fucking chest? For some reason, I, I jotted down the word behest because I kept using it when I was writing it down. Behest. 
And I remember one time, like, I, I, I said behest, and one guy goes, uh, one, one black dude goes, the, this N-word, this N-word, you know, I'm not going to say the fuck, I'm not going to say, I, I, I mean, I know I should, if you're quoting something, you know what I mean, but even that's not acceptable, like, quoting it, so, you know what I mean, he goes, this, he goes, this N-word just said behest, and with a crying emoji, and it's like, why is knowing the word behest fucking a bad fucking thing? I've been made fun of for saying behest by other people as well. But just one time it was just funny about that, whatever. So I was thinking about naming this podcast Behest There Is, Behest There Was, and the Behest There Ever Will Be or something. I don't know. But for some reason it was important enough for me to jot down. So now I just have brain farts and I'm like, yeah, I can talk about this on a podcast. So I'm like, you know, I might as well just throw it in there. It, it, it matches my unorganized way anyways. I randomly just threw in that joke, whatever. But again, there's a lot of people that have been giving me shit for using behest or systemic or something like that. But it just made me remember that there was one, there was one black dude that, that, that it, was, it, was, it was funny. He's like, he, he, was like, he was like just surprised that I used the word behest for some odd reason. Like, like it's like, like it's not like a, like it's an appropriate word that hasn't been used ever. Like, why, why couldn't I use that word? And I, 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 I jotted down this that, uh, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, uh, not every, obviously not every black person, obviously, but some of the ones that I met on Periscope, and it's not a bad thing, by the way, whenever they ask me, oh, yo, what's your nationality, what's your ethnicity and all that, I go, I'm Pakistani, and then they'll go, you're Pakistanian? And it's, oh, I, and maybe it's being a running joke now, maybe because I mentioned it before, but maybe now more people are doing it that I meet on there who from the same circles and all that. But you know what? I'm actually thinking, you know, that's, you know I, I think a lot of us Pakistanis should get together right now and have a fucking uh, a meeting about this. I, I think, guys, I think Pakistani is the way to go now. I, I think we should refer to ourselves to that instead of Pakistani. You know what I mean? Pakistani sounds a little bit better to me. I don't know. You know? Uh, I, I, apparently, apparently it was important enough for me to jot this down, you know, again, I, I, I'm just trying to fucking do whatever, I'm trying to get rid of this shit as much as I can, I got eight minutes before this recording is done, um, then I, I jotted down that, oh, Fallon apologized for doing it, but I'm sure there's, like, I'm sure that they brought it up because he, it's gonna be revealed that he is part of something, or he contributed something, to a racist cause, because they, they, trust me, they're not bringing out these random things out of nowhere, because it's going to pertain to something that's happening presently. That's why they. That's why they brought it up. It, you know, what I mean, they're making it look right now like, oh, someone just dug this up out of nowhere. Whenever people dig shit up, it's people in the system that are digging it up. It's not just random people on Twitter. These are people that are actually being paid to do this shit. And they have all of your tweets saved, screen grabbed, everything. And when they need to bring them out, they'll bring it out when you're supposed to get in trouble. So that's what the Fallon thing represents to me. They're all turning heel, essentially. And then I mentioned that bird watching now has become like it feels like every every little fucking thing. And again, maybe I'm wrong about like the whole bird the bird watching the woman who called the cops. But it feels like one of those things that was purposely kind of staged to show, again, maybe this kind of stuff happened in real life, in actual reality. But now it feels like they're fucking orchestrating or staging stuff 
to rep- to be symbolism of what goes what has happened in the past basically so like they're basically bringing the show onto the road essentially so cuz like now this guy has become, is being paraded around and whenever somebody gets gets paraded around afterwards and being you know used as like you know they're like oh uh he he was so f-, like all these neoliberals are like using him like as like he's a sex object and all that type of shit like you know what i mean like oh he's so fine and he's so intelligent that you better you you better not fucking call the cops on him you but you better ask for his number or something like that and it comes across so disingenuous right but it feels like now like everything gets promoted and all of a sudden now i guess bird watching is going to become a new phenomenon now because now that apparently was a part of this fucking storyline that they fucking brought out you know and thank god the guy wasn't fucking killed and if it's if, if it's actually legit I apologize, right? But again, you can't blame me on social media with how they fucking do this shit. You know what I mean? You you can't really blame me. Uh, apparently, uh, DJ Booth fucking the, the they, they didn't want to air an interview with Gunna because Gunna was high on whippets, and they didn't want to report, uh, um, 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 promote that. And what's again? I don't know what that represents because they promote like people have been doing a lot of other fucking drugs that they do promote so is it is it like symbolism that like maybe gunna is having an addiction to this in particular and it's going to become an issue because again like these things don't happen for no fucking reason like you can you know again like the fact that you made mention that you're fucking deleting it when you didn't have to tell us that you were fucking gonna not gonna air it people wouldn't have known but again, it becomes a marketing tool. But I guess whippets are back now in the thing. I didn't know much about whippets. Oh, I, the only time I ever heard about a whippet was when Stuttering John was uh, talking about his weekend with Artie Lang one time, and they they're on the road. And while and 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 Artie said that oh, like while Artie was drinking and all that, Stuttering John was doing whippets, and I didn't even know what the fuck that was. I didn't know like. Like, I, I never knew that fucking these fucking can, whipped cream canisters had all that fucking shit. Because I'm not really down with the fucking the drug use, really. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, like, like you know what I mean? Like, I have only kept it to, towards weeds and shrooms, essentially. You know what I mean? And uh, over over my, my usage, you know what I mean? I pretended that I, 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 I used to, I, I pretended that I did coke. To, to impress some of people people that who didn't know what I was doing at times so I would try to fucking make myself look credible while I was doing a rap career so I could basically create the fucking storyline basically and if I told them that if I let them let them in on it then you know uh, then, then if I if I had let them if I had let them in on it uh, then I, I was afraid that, I was afraid that, uh, they would blow the fucking cover, but, like, it was, like, like, oh my god, it was, like, nothing, like, I pretended I had a, I pretended I bought a gun one time to seem like I was street cred, just to prove to people who, who thought they knew me, that, oh, you don't know me that well, I had it, but, again, I never really had one, I think I even mentioned in a song that I bought, I bought one, but I, I never really bought one, I never, do trust me, you can, it's all verifiable, you know what I mean, the powers that be would be looking into me about it, if you know what I mean, but I never fucking had one, I lied about that, um, what else, yeah, that, and that's basically it for the random fucking thoughts, essentially, you know what I mean, um, but right now, I'm gonna try to go to fucking sleep, um, you know, 
What? Oh yeah, the, the other thing about Jr. fucking misgender misgendering. Uh... Oh yeah, the other the, the other the other thing that I fucking I, the other thing that I fucking liked um, was uh, somebody fucking you know when this whole Dave Chappelle thing came came out. See, I'm always focusing on what it means symbolically and what the storyline is going to represent and what it's going to entail. That I don't focus on specific jokes. And there was a guy on Twitter. And the reason why I'm mentioning this because I felt so envious and jealous that he was able to come across it. And, like, he basically goes, Chappelle on his next special. And he's like, he's like, well, goes, first thing goes, well, do I get the reputation of cheating on my wife? But then on the other hand, uh, she said that I had good dick, so this is a tough one, fellas. And then, and then basically he did basically what Chappelle would do. Maybe it was Chappelle from a different fucking account. And then basically he goes, if I was going to fuck up a, a washed-up rapper from New York, it would probably be Ja Rule. So it, 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 it's a callback to, you know, it's a callback to his other, his other Ja Rule joke. And then basically the other one was his wife was being like, yeah, I, I think it's a lie because you, I've had sex with you and it's, 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 it's not good dick at all, whatever. So like, you know what I mean? He had a down pat, but it just, to me, it just makes me go, fuck, man. I'm not as, again, I'm not as funny as I used to be. Maybe I don't have the capability of doing it because I know that comedy is also kind of bullshit in a way. Hold on, I'm going to count down. Four, three, two, one. All right, hold on. Yeah, I just wanted to finish what I was saying. So, yeah, so, like, when I see stuff like that, but, uh, you know, I just wish I could have come up with something good. And, again, this is just to get other shit off my fucking chest. Um, Again, before I close this out, uh, I don't fucking know what's fucking going to happen. I really don't. I'm fucking... I'm, I'm looking at it, and it seems like some people are saying that there is no DC blackout. But I'm seeing some, like, videos that are getting deleted uh, on there. Uh, you know what I mean? And again, I don't have enough space to fucking even save this, so I don't even fucking say it. I'm just looking. And it looks like, like there's something really bad did went, went down, but there seems to be, like, in a, in a, in a, in a, uh, people with the same fucking trolling... Basically saying that nothing going on in D.C. Nothing's going on in D.C. Nothing is going on in D.C. Like the same fucking patterns of that. Saying that. And even the people that are posting videos of, you know, something that there's explosions going off and fucking gunshots. It was like a really wild fucking scene. And again, again, maybe this is orchestrated shit, basically, where it's kind of like a staged event kind of thing. Like, you know how people always say there's crisis actors and all that in the midst of all this as well? Like, I wonder if, like, something did go... Like, if, like, let's say nothing really fucking... Like, say, like, nothing really fucking, like, like you know, outrageous, like, out of the ordinary of the last couple of days has been going on, essentially, right? You know what I mean? Um... But it'll turn out that something did fucking happen. But maybe some of these people are actually fucking safe. I'm hoping. That's why I gotta think with my fucking theory before I lose my fucking control and think, oh, you know what I mean? I lose control and think that people are fucking actually dying and they are fucking dying. It was unfortunate. But because I, I, gotta stay, I gotta stay strong mentally to fucking, you know, basically, you know, look at this as a fucking game that's being played. Uh, with, with real life consequences, you know what I mean. I I I have to fucking you know again. I don't know every fucking thing. I don't, I don't pretend to know every fucking thing. I just want the world to be better. But you know, again, it just revolution. You know, again, these people who who want revolution never fucking want 
you know, actual revolution. Like, some of these people here today, the way that they're defending the system, they would be, like, the first people who would be defending slavery and and be with, like, you know, the racists in the civil rights era and shit like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean? They, they like to think that they're being progressive, but they're really, they're really not. Like, they're really fucking not. This is fucking, this is, this is insane, man. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Uh, I hope everyone's safe in D.C. I hope we get fucking answers, but something is crazy. Again, that anonymous account, again, I think it's it's coincidental that he came in to bring this all up about Trump and then get his fucking tweets deleted. It's like they're bringing in, my personal opinion, they're bringing in things on social media or at protest to basically shut it down. And I think some of, and again, there's been this fucking thing about how bricks have been, piles of bricks have been laying on different areas. I wonder if there was something that was going on over there. Again, like, yo, that fucking White House thing. Again, I, I was looking at nighttime, looking for broadcasts of protest. And I only saw Unicorn Riot that was on, basically. And I was looking at DC. And for some reason, there was no DC fucking protests that were up. And I was like... Oh, I guess, like, you know, maybe some people ran out of battery and all that. But apparently, like, you know, there's something is going on. No, again, the narrative right now is where are the protesters? And it's like, did they do something? Did they mass fucking kill protesters? Did they mass take them into fucking a CIA detention center or something like that? Is something going to be, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it, again, I have to fucking think that in the afterlife they're protected or they flew to another fucking planet maybe or something like, you know what I mean? I got to fucking th- think up some crazy ass fucking conspiracy to fucking keep my mind from losing it because people are losing their fucking lives and stuff like that. This has been fucking chaos and I don't know what's going to fucking happen. And I hope everyone's fucking safe. And again, by even showing commo- um, um, you know, sympathy for people, that's taking the, a, a terrorist fucking side, especially, you know what I mean? And, the, and these people that are spreading that narrative that, like, the people that are protesting are the fucking terrorists is, like, they know that they're fucking wrong for saying that. But again, they're protected by fucking Trump and uh, elite types that can fucking uh, basically again they can just they're 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 not arguing with you on online, so you can have a debate. They already know that they're fucking wrong in this, and they're just gonna basically deflect every fucking point. That's why I haven't been engaging with any of these trolls that have been popping up on my timeline on Twitter lately. Cause I didn't fucking I I just there's no point. I, I just muted a lot of them. You know what I mean? I, I didn't, you know what I mean? I just muted or I blocked. I just didn't fucking care. Because, I, you know what I mean? There was more fucking things. Again, like, the, some of these people are just there to, like, get your emotions going. Because it's an emotional situation. But they know that some of these people are too smart for that now. And, you know what I mean? There's no point of egging, you know, getting into all this. But I'm, I hope that everyone in D.C. is safe. I really fucking do. I really hope we find out some answers. But that anonymous account that was, you know, tweeting about it, he, I guess he's a disinformation agent. Like, I mean, he could be on the neoliberal side, basically, and he could be trying to expose Trump, but there's something that's going on that doesn't make any fucking sense about these protests that, that, that's been going on. I don't know. My theories are fucking running wild, but I hope everyone is fucking safe. You know, I mean, I, I really, I really do. This is fucking crazy, so I'll, I'll leave you with a crooked eye fucking, uh, if you're listening on Anchor. It's only 30 seconds if you're listening, but if you're listening on the app of Anchor, and you have, like, Apple or Spotify, you can basically hear the whole song. 
on the app actually you know what i mean but if you're on spotify or whatever um you don't gotta worry about that you know what i mean but anyways um take it easy guys and uh please be safe everyone be everyone just watch out uh i don't know what's gonna happen man i try to do a fucking a calmer fucking uh uh one about uh about about this uh, I try to do a calmer one so I could fucking at least just get uh, be a little lighthearted, but I I really don't feel like being lighthearted really about about what because again this is just all craziness that's happening right now. Anyways, uh, take it easy, guys.